This is Neil Erwitz. I'm the Director of External Relations here at the Center for a New American Security. We're here today with Kate Bateman, who's a visiting fellow here. Uh, she's an expert on international corruption and security. Uh, she is anti-corruption, not pro. Uh, Kate, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So, Kate, it looks like Congress has rolled back and the president is set to sign um, the repeal of the Cardin-Luger anti-corruption law or Section 1504 of the Dodd-Frank Act. Uh, what did Section 1504 do? Thanks, Neil. Um, Section 1504 um, was part of the, um, the Dodd-Frank uh, reform bill in 2010, and it is um, a section, it was a, a bipartisan landmark law that was designed to prevent corruption in the oil, gas, and mining sectors around the world. It's important to U.S. national security because um, this kind of endemic, large-scale corruption is one of the you know, key drivers of insecurity and conflict and, you know, indeed, terrorism around the world. Um, you know, terrorists can use uh, legitimate grievances against highly corrupt governments to you know, attract more recruits. And we see a lot of political instability in these countries with very weak governance. And many of them, um, you know, our, our listeners will be familiar with the term resource curse, um, that refers to, you know, these when countries are rich in natural resources, you would think that that could generate economic growth for the country, help pull them out of um, poverty and, and conflict. But in, in many cases, it, the exact opposite happens, right? Um, and those that tremendous wealth is you know, funneled not to building roads and schools and clinics and, you know, building professional security forces, but instead um, being sent into overseas bank accounts and luxury real estate. You know, think of Nigeria, Libya, Iraq, Venezuela, you know, and from many of these kinds of countries, you know, serious threats um, emanate to the U.S. Well, so lots of money that went into the Panama Papers. <laughs> um, yeah, the Panama Papers <laughs> revealed a, a lot of this, um, you know, these dynamics. And, and just to clarify for people who might be a little bit less familiar, specifically, it would require the extractive, uh, the companies of, uh, from extractive industries to publicly release their payments, the payments they right. made, correct? Right. What Section 1504 did was um, say that it mandated a Securities and Exchange Commission rule to be issued that would that would require extractive companies um, listed on U.S. stock exchanges. So both U.S. and foreign companies would require them to um, disclose the payments that they make to foreign governments. Yeah as well as the U.S. government, for access to natural resources. So what were the kind of second-order effects that were benefits from Section 1504 to the U.S. and to our allies? When 1504 was passed um, six or seven years ago now, um, it the, the initial SEC rule was held up in the courts. It was challenged by the American Petroleum Institute, and we didn't see an act, a revised rule until about uh, seven months ago. So that's the the revised rule is the one that was just repealed. It, the, um, the measure was was passed by the Senate this morning and by the House um, a couple days ago. Um, so back to what uh, what S what the SEC rule the effects of it for yeah. us and our allies. Um, it really helped uh, the legislation that was first passed in 2010 that mandated the rule. It helped spur other other major capital markets to pass similar disclosure rules. So since 2010, we've seen. The UK, um, all other EU states, Canada and Norway, um, which have, you know, which have in, on whose exchanges are listed the leading extractive companies, um, 
uh, they passed their own disclosure rules, and that helped build this momentum around transparency um, in these sectors. And so all of these companies are going to need to publicly release these payments anyway. They just won't have to do it with the SEC. Um, correct. The, our rule did expand it to around 400 additional companies, um, but many of the many, if not most, of the leading companies are, are already covered in these other rules. So, um, for instance, um, that includes state-owned enterprises, um, as in, as in like terms Gazprom of or like Gazprom, uh, Russian, Chinese, Brazilian companies. Um, so Gazprom and Rosneft have already released some of these, have already complied with the reporting requirements. So why is repealing Section 1504 such a bad idea? Um, because first, you know, what I haven't emphasized so far is it's, this is also important for investors to assess risk in other countries and um, and in a very volatile market. So uh, repealing the rule, repealing the law means that investors won't have this added uh, information to inform you know their strategic investments. It also means citizen groups around the world, parliaments and oversight bodies in these countries will not have this you know, simple, this, the access to this information to, to try to determine you know, how much money is going into our national treasury. You know, as, as Americans, we would want to know if 70 or 80 percent of our, our national revenues you know, were coming from foreign companies, we would, of course, want to know how much was, was coming in. I can't imagine why. Um, well, Kate, thanks so much for telling us about it. I'm sure we're going to be hearing more about this, particularly as we begin to see the second and third order effects of repeal. Hey, thanks so much, Neil.